All right, KISS Army, welcome to the KISS FAQ podcast. Thank you for letting us into your head. I hope we don't do any damage. This is a KISS-related podcast by the board for the board. We hope you enjoy. Welcome to episode 17 of the KISS FAQ podcast. I'm your host, Julian Gill. Joining me today, returning for the first time in a while, Alex, Ken, Welcome back, and we have a new face today, and it's Joel. So, Joel, you're Ludzel, or Ludzel, or how yep, do you say Ludzel. it? Ludwig Drum, Zildjian Symbols. So. Awesome combination. Um, so, you're from the uh, FAQ board, and you're the new guy. So, why don't you introduce yourself and uh, tell everyone out there in television land what, uh, what you're about. Yep, from uh, Portage, Michigan, which is literally Kalamazoo, Michigan, just different side of the highway. And... Um, Let's see, I moved here to go to, to college, went to Western Michigan University, and uh, met my wife there and stayed here. And we recently just had a, a baby boy, so everything is just top of the world for me. Cannot complain one bit in that department. And um, But as far as being becoming a KISS fan, um, my older brother was probably to blame or to... Uh, thank for that but um he would bring home you know he he was a little bit older than me and he was bringing home quiet riot motley crew rat brian adams and this one band he brought home was was kiss and so that must have been around probably the animalized period but at the same time he had double platinum destroyer and some of them was on a track some was vinyl some were vinyl and uh that's pretty much how it started. And so every night before he went to sleep, because it was myself and my two other brothers, you know, we had bunk beds in the room and stuff like that. He would play on this old stereo with an A-track player, double platinum, all, all, all night. And it would just click over, just play continuously. So double platinum to this day is just engraved in my head. Um, and that's not a bad thing. No, if you're if you're gonna have anything ingrained in your head, uh, double platinum's a good one, even with the slightly weird songs, you know, because it makes when you hear the regular ones, you go, "Whoa, that's not the one I remember." Um, yeah, very much so. So, what's your favorite Kiss album? You know, it's hard, hard because uh, I think all of us here just have uh, just enjoy this band so much. Uh, sometimes it's Kiss Alive, just because it's just so raw and just you feel like you're there uh, at times, and then. Um, the first three are very essential, and then at times I really love Revenge. So I kind of grew up during that time period. Um, but for me, it's this band has a great catalog. So one day it might be one album, and the next day it might be the best. And so to me, that just proves how good of a band they are. What about for a favorite member? Who's your pick? Favorite, you know, favorite member. Um, I was a, started out being a drummer, so my I wanted to start out with Peter Chris was actually my first tape I ever bought. And then, uh, Eric Carr, and then pretty much transcended into Eric Singer, more of a musical style of what I wanted to, to accomplish as a musician and a, and a drummer. You're not an Ed Cannon fan. I mean, cause even though he did one show, Ed Cannon all the way. <laughs> that's, that's funny. I, I think I've seen that on YouTube once or twice. All right, guys. So today's topic is, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to hold up the cheap one. Kiss box set, guys. And uh, this came in three flavors. You could get the cheap one, like mine is called, or as they called it in Japan, the cigar box version. 
or you could get a was it even real leather or patent leather uh, guitar case, mini guitar case version, or you could get the full size guitar case that came with a uh, reproduction, a live platinum album or gold album or something like that, um, which I think you could store in your Kiss coffin. Um, but I went for the cheap one. And I guess the question we're going to ask today, is this the mother of all box sets as Gene pontificated for so many years? And it's a five CD, 80 song set. Um, I guess it might make sense to go by, go through it CD by CD. And what are the glaring omissions or what are the the real songs that jump out of you as wins? Um, You know, Alex, let's just start with question number one. What was your initial impression of the track listing of the box set? Well, I gotta, I gotta give a shout out. I don't condone it, anybody. I was fourteen in high school, but thanks to Baco, um, I was able to get a CD of just the demos, just uh, just the unreleased tracks. That was my first like sample. But then I got enough money, and I bought a used copy at a record shop um, in Maryland, where I was living, um, for like fifty bucks, and. I thought package-wise it was cool. I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I used to go, like, look at it at Borders and stuff. They had the, the mid-section one, so, like, the miniature guitar case one. And it was, like, it was like 250 bucks. So I would just go, like, ah, someday, someday. Mind you, I was 14, so $250 was quite a bit of money for a 14-year-old. Uh, that's a big investment right there. That's like buying a house. <laughs> but I thought, the, I thought it was way cool. I was... um. I was super intrigued, you know, just looking at the back of the, the set, I wish I had mine with me, maybe you could show yours, Jordan, if it still has the, the sheet, but I would look at the track listing, and I would see, like, all the different unreleased tracks, and just kind of go, like, oh, I wonder what they would sound like and stuff, so I definitely was super intrigued on the inside, uh, like, what, what what did it contain, because it is a big container, slightly disappointed once I did get it and you look inside and I was like, oh, so I got what you got, the standard, the cigar box, and you're like, oh, uh, a catalog, obviously, because everything's got to be a moment to sell something with Paul and Gene. Um, the book, though, the, the book that it came with, though, is it's probably one of the best books, you know, that they've ever published together with the photos and stuff. And then the CDs, of course, uh, that was a highlight, that was a gem. Yeah, I think the book could have been bigger and could have weighed about 500 pounds and sold for $4,000 itself, and then it would have been perfect. Uh, Joel, what about you? What were your initial impressions of the box when you heard about it? Um, It's funny because I actually bought it. Um, I didn't have summer classes at the time, and I was off. I worked a weekend job, worked a couple different weekend jobs. And so I happened to go to the mall, and I was down at, at the lower level, and I could literally hear Kiss coming from FYE. So I literally got on the... Um, excavator got up there and stuff and walked in the store and they were blaring i mean it was loud they were blaring the very best of kiss and for some odd reason it just wow it sounded really cool because i, I kind of after the farewell tour kind of zoned off a little bit because the band wasn't doing anything really and um before i knew it i had it in my hands you know at fye and um i was just like i'm gonna grab this thing and so i grabbed it and I, I like the box set a lot, but to me, there's just so many things that aren't on it. And, uh, you know, I don't want to be one of those fans that just, you know, complain, oh, well, they should have done this and shouldn't have done that. But to me, I think the, the enti- I would love to have had the entire Wicked Lester uh, recording 
on there. I think what a great opportunity would have been for the box set. Is that, has that ever been officially released at all? It hasn't, and they remastered the whole album with the same Sonics that the songs that they did release on the box does exist and circulate now. So they had it, they actually paid to remaster everything and only use three tracks. So a uh, real head scratcher to not include the whole album. Right. And so there is that. And then the, the original demo, five song demo, you know, songs, I think put that on there. You could have had just one whole disc of the wicked Lester and then another one with just the five songs. And then the, the other songs they recorded at Bell Sound, I believe, but um, but that's just it's still the listen to it. It's it's still great, especially you know the demos. Uh, that's the stuff I really wanted to hear more than anything, rather than a expanded greatest hits album. But it's still really cool. And we'll talk about some of the demos in a few minutes. Uh, Ken, what about you? I remember what's coming out, and um, I remember well. It's come out the first time I knew they had the mini uh, guitar case. So I was kind of looking at that one. I think the, the full-size guitar case was just way over my budget at the time. So um, I went down to, I think it was Best Buy, uh, when they opened and, and went in there and immediately uh, found a couple. Or I only bought one, but I, I, there was like only one or two or three there uh stocked so picked it up um i don't think it's leather <laughs> i don't know <laughs> I, it, it's i doesn't i don't think it smells like leather i i look i pulled it out last night and uh i don't think it's leather. i think it's like some kind of vinyl leftover history covers yeah yeah so um you know it's not the monster you know the king of all box sets i don't think uh it's it's while it's it is good it could have been a lot better. And uh, I think they should have went, instead of five discs, they should have went to ten discs. Great. I mean, ten would have made more sense to me. I mean, everyone, all these, a lot of other artists were doing maybe three to five discs in general when they do their box sets. Uh, if they wanted to really upstep it from these other, you know, be the big boys, they could have done a ten a 10 disc set and add a lot more the track listing uh it covers most of it but yes there's there's stuff missing like joel was saying and um the wicked lester that that was a thing that popped out to me and plus the uh early songs they had gene and paul's uh early bands uh but didn't have any ace or peter right um in there at all so for, from their pre-kiss material so yeah i mean check listing i guess we'll be going over there's some omissions uh, glaring omissions for me um but it covers it for the general casual fan sure it's great but they got to start realizing some point that most of the people that buy their music are the diehard Kiss fans? They're not. There's no longer a lot of casual fans that buy their music, in my opinion. And if they focused on the Kiss Army fans, they would sell a lot more because, hey, like Paul Stanley, we're a million strong, well, probably more than that. But uh, they could sell, you know, a lot more records. I think. Yeah, they got to pay a little bit more attention to the sound scan figures, which really proves that there aren't a whole lot of uh, record buying. Kiss fans these days, 
if, if you also figure that uh, the very best of Kiss is the largest selling album of the Soundscan era, I believe uh, it's up there with uh, Smashes, Thrashes, and Hits, and that came out in 2002. So, you know, let's keep on. Uh, so I don't go off on a tangent, keep on, on the box set. Uh, for me, I can't even remember where I bought it. I was obviously in San Francisco. Um, I think at the time I was in touch with someone from Universal in Canada and I was able to get one of those promos that just had the rare tracks on it. Um, and there were like only 300 of those maids. I shouldn't have sold it, but, um, really cool thing. I bought obviously the cheap one. Um, cause I just hate that really, uh, well, it's it's not to my taste the 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 fake guitar box or the oversized thing you know doesn't do anything for me. Um, let's get into disc one and talk talk about some of the material. I mean, this is the disc for me on the album. It's the early era. It's everything. It's the foundation of the band. So I mean, obviously we get Deuce and Strutter from the original Kiss demo, nineteen seventy three. Um, should they have even included those tracks since they had been released before uh, as B-sides in the Revenge era and Hot in the Shade era? So those were well circulated by then. Should they have put like Cold Gin, Black Diamond, um, or was it Firehouse? I can't remember. I can't remember the other one. Alex, what do you think is really missing on disc one for that era? I think, you know, I was actually going through my, uh, what I do have with unreleased material. Don't give me Jane Paul. Um, I really think the demos, you know, if we're, if we're doing a box set and we're, we're you know, kind of packaging the, the gyms, if you will, the things that aren't out there and stuff, um, I think, um, I mean, granted, it's it's cool that they had the live version, um, you know, from the live, but um, I think I'm pulled gyms on here, but they should have had all five of the demos from the Eddie Kramer demos. I think all five of those should have been on there, uh, starting out at least. Um you know, because they've, they've always talked about the demos of the Eddie Kramer. They, you know, they, I think they've always kind of talked about how good they did or two. So I would have included all five of those on there, um, at least in that regard, too. I agree. The Wicked Lester album should have been on there. Um, that's what I, I would have done that. And then um, I don't know what the quality was at the time for the tape they had. Um, I'm, I'm glad they had Acrobat on there, but I think Life in the Foot should have been on the box set. Um you know, especially when you like, if any of those who have kissed or you know, you, you've seen the book, you've seen like the track listing and the set list picture they have where it says Life in the Woods. Um, I would have liked to have seen that on the box set. Um, I'm glad it's out there and you can find it on YouTube for those who haven't heard it yet. Uh, it's not like a fancy track or anything, but I would have liked to have at least included that. Um, I'm glad if they omitted one track, even though it's a fun little catch you want to hear that does exist out there. I, I am glad they did. Did not put Stanley the Parrot on the box set. Oh, that kills me, man! I love Stanley the Parrot. <laughs> I, I don't, I don't mind it. I just, I was going through, going like, where would you put? I mean, if they had the whole Wicked less, but they probably could have topped Stanley the Parrot at the beginning of it. But I was like trying to sit, where would you want to put this on the box set? Um, where would it fit comfortably? And uh, I was having trouble making a playlist with it, so. Put it right before Strutter, since that's what it allegedly became, the chord progression, which I still don't hear. Joel, what about you? What I mean, what's good on this first disc? What's missing for you? I would have left off um, the majority of a lot of the, the regular tracks. Uh, again, I really wanted to hear um, the demos, you know, the Wicked Lester stuff. But not only that, but I still want to hear, or even want to find out if Strange Ways was done with the drum solo. 
because apparently Peter was ready to leave the band from you know because he didn't do that. So I would have liked to have heard that uh, definitely. Um, that's a lot of the stuff I would have done. And not only that, but I know like Ladies in Waiting, a live version of that rather than the the studio cut. Yeah. For example. Yeah, that that would have been a, a really cool idea. I don't know if that's uh, disc two, uh, where Alive comes in because I. Be. Yeah, you know, I mean, even the the outtake. Uh, what does it let me know from Alive? You know, anything from that. I mean, that's one of the few areas they do have multi tracks for. Um, I, I think I could probably do without the Wicked Lester stuff if they weren't going to release the whole thing. Keep it all Kiss. You know, maybe the token, here's Gene pre-Kiss, and here's Paul pre-Kiss, and Ace and Peter won't give us anything, so they're not going to be featured. I mean, it's December 2001, so Ace is already jumping ship, and Peter's wearing tears. So, what about you, Ken? What's good on this first disc really jumps out at you? Uh, just the early stuff, and uh, the, you know, the demos, uh, I guess, are uh, what stands out for me um um i think the pre-kiss songs i mean they stand out it's, it's good to see what they were doing uh as they late led up to being kiss um that's why i say they i know you say uh, ace and peter is not going to give them something but they they could have grabbed something I, I don't know if they just don't want to you know pay the royalties i guess uh the record company and so on, uh, who own the prior rights, maybe, maybe for yeah, or know, it's like a that. total shame to not have those guys represented. I agree with you on that. Yeah. yeah. So, so, you know, nothing, you know, nothing stands, stands out. out. I, mean, I mean, it's mostly what I've heard, I guess, before anyway, because I, you know, probably had the bootlegs and so on. So, um, but, uh, it's a good disc. Uh, it's probably one of the stronger discs, actually, in a set, and I think it slowly goes downhill as you get into, you know, all the way down to disc five. Yeah, starts off high and goes low. I mean, disc one, I think the Bell Sound stuff, the, the demos, was probably, for me, the biggest win on that on that, along with, you know, I mean, the Acrobat's neither here nor there. I agree, Life in the Woods would have been a better pick for that. Acrobat had, circu- had, had circulated on, you know, a couple of bootlegs for years. I mean, there's live shows in 74 with performances of it. So that really didn't do anything. But Bell Sound, I mean, there's two Bell Sound demos that they didn't release as well. So Nothing to Lose and the demo version of Acrobat. I think I would have rather have had those included than the live version of Acrobat. So, um, but for the most part, if they replace those three Wicked Lester songs with the three Kiss demo songs from March or whenever it was, um, that would have improved it a whole lot. But the rest of the, you know, from once you get to the other tracks, you know, Nothing to Lose, Black Diamond, all the studio stuff, you know, I kind of lose interest. Why don't we jump into disc two, which uh, I'm trying to look at. I mean, this is 1975 to 77. This is the golden era kiss. Um, Alex, thoughts on this disc? Um, uh, you know, I had demos. I'm just going to throw this out there real quick, you know. Um, if there's ever a box set that you guys want to take a look at a pretty good set, except for this one, in my opinion, it's uh, the Jimi Hendrix uh, West Coast Seattle Boy, where all the tracks are either alternate takes and stuff. I wish Kiss would have somewhat had that format, but 
Uh, going back to disc two, I like it. Um, I mean, I thought Don't You Hesitate, Mad Dog, the God of Thunder demo. Like, that was really cool stuff to, to get to hear the Paul Stanley sing God of Thunder. You know, how cool was that? Um, bad, bad. I, I, it was weird hearing Bad, Bad Love and then going into Calling Dr. Love. It was like, okay. <laughs> it's like two tracks are the same. But it, it was cool just hearing the Bad, Bad Love. And my only, my only complaint that I have with, um, with this too is, um, that the, the tracking placement of Christine 16 and Hard Luck Woman. Cause it, it goes Mr. Speed demo, Christine 16, take it from Love Gun. Then we jump back to Hard Luck Woman. Then we jump back to Love Gun. And so, I, I would have, uh, swapped those two around if I could have gone there and mastered and switched the tracks. Um, again, I would have liked a, a few more demos. Um, you know, you have the four tracks from the Alive. Um, nothing wrong. I mean, they're, they're great tracks. I mean, come on, Alive is like one of the greatest live records. But um, mentioned before, I would have liked it for maybe some of those outtakes from the uh, the Alive, you know, recordings. Um, let me know. Ladies in Waiting would have been super cool. Uh, maybe a rougher a rougher version of um, like you know, of the songs from Alive before they might have got a little a little uh, TLC from Eddie Kramer. That would have been pretty cool to have those kind of versions on there. Sure. See, I think uh, you probably do get that with uh, I Want You, the so-called soundtrack, which mm-hmm. to me sounds identical to the Japan recording from March 77, not what it's advertised as. Uh, Don't You Hesitate. I'd never heard of that song. Uh, I know that some folks had, and that all those 1975 demos that really started circulating last year um, you know, did circulate back then and, you know, very tightly controlled. Um, so that, that was a major, don't you hesitate, a mad dog and the, the dancey version of, you know, Paul's happy God of Thunder, uh, for me were awesome. Ken, what about you? Um, well, this actually disc one is missing. She for me, I mean, not the wicked Lester She, but the, their version of she, I thought should have been on that one. Um, but disc two live or studio, uh, you know what? I think live would have been the thing to put on. With Ace uh, Solo? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. And that's where they can expand the disc. And also on this disc, too, they should have had um, uh, more of the Alive. Uh, the Actually, a full live recording of the whole, one of the whole taped shows that they used for it. Um, so that's where this box set you know could expand um uh the demos on it uh don't you hesitate it's cool you know mad dog you know they're pretty good um mr speed which is uh, one of my favorite songs uh, it was kind of cool seeing the demo version of it um so for the most part it's it's pretty good i i again yeah the, the track order is a little for me a little out of sequence there um and then rock and roll over you know we got only a couple things there i think we missing like we should have had maybe uh take me and you know a couple others on there too in my opinion since it's such a strong album um so it's a it's a good disc It's, it's a good overview of that uh 75 to 77 period though you'll see in disc three it says starts at 76 so why did we go back to 76 from 77 to this too. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it comes, comes a little bit disjointed. Joel, what are your thoughts on disc two? Um, I love God of Thunder. Hearing that, it 
not only that, but it's a lot faster, which is kind of similar to live too, the way they kind of performed it live then, not as slow. And then I really liked how they did Mad Dog, um, or which one was it? Uh, the Colin Oh, Bad Bad Love and Into Dr. Love. Because you got to see Gene Simmons as a songwriter and what the song came to. And so that I really appreciate as a songwriter myself or a musician to see where it went. Um, the, the I Want You soundtrack recording was great. I really appreciated that. But to me, why not put the Kiss Meets the Phantom recording of Beth on there, the acoustic version? Yeah. I, they recorded it. I mean, what a great opportunity would have been for the box set for, for material like that. Um, and so I would really would have loved to have heard that. And I'm sure Peter Chris would have liked it too. Um, but um, it, it was stuff like that. Another thing, like great expectations. I don't really know why that's on the box set. To be honest, that's just me. But to me, there was just so much other things they could have put on there rather than like that, um, you know, for example. And then shock me. Why don't you do it with a complete solo that Ace did live? And uh, not only that, but it was mentioned before, Take Me. You know, you don't have to put the studio recording on it, but put one of the live recordings on it. Yeah, so there's some really odd choices. I totally agree with you on particularly the Destroyer songs. Great Expectations, Do You Love Me, Beth. Well, why not the, the demos have circulated for a long time. I would love to have crystal clear copies of the alternate versions of Do You Love Me. Flaming Youth and Great yeah. Expectations. Those, oh. yeah, ain't none of your business should have been on that. Peter and I actually, that I was going to bring up was that song too because that was a demo that I think Peter brought in. I would have really would have liked to have heard that. Yeah, except for it not being written by the band, so you get back into the publishing and all that drama. But I mean, years on when they do the Destroyer Resurrected, and we don't get like an expanded edition of Destroyer as we hope. I mean, then we really miss it. So. Then you get into the rock and roll over, Queen for a Day, instrumental. Well, it's not there. Or, you know, Gina told us about all these songs over the years, and maybe we're spoiled in that sense that we, we've heard of things like the stuff he did with Joe Perry, Mongoloid Man. Um, even though they're instrumentals, if he's going to give us throwaways from the Gene Simmons um, treasure box of like Love is Blind and Bad Bad Loving, both of which had versions already circulating out there, that doesn't really add anything. And I guess that's my biggest beef about you know the, thir the first three discs that were kind of teased with, you know, here's the good sounding stuff. Oh, but by the way, it already circulates. So, Well, like uh, Joel said, he liked the, um, you know, calling Dr. Love and the Bad, Bad Lovin', which you could see was the beginnings of that song and, and the roots of that song. Anytime they do that, they should have done also, for instance, like uh, the, the demo of Mr. Speed. They should have had Mr. Speed demo and then the Mr. Speed, what it became on the album. If they're going to do that, they should, you know, those should always be back to back so you can see the where it started and what it became the other demos that were never released as songs who cares where they're falling i guess so much but the ones where yeah you have the the precursor to the original recording that's to me that's fascinating to see how they change things or the beginnings of songs or how they just tweaked them a little bit to to make them the final uh song 
I think the final thing I'd say on those Alive tracks, and that's the first four songs on disc, disc two, they could have deleted those and put on the King Biscuit Alive versions uh, from the radio show broadcast, which are slightly different. Obviously, that also includes Let, Let Me Know. But that's five songs right there. You get to hear them actually mention Cleveland. You know, Hotter Than Hell has a great uh, Paul Rapp intro into it. You know, uh, I think it's... Uh, you know, flying too close to the sun and all that sort of stuff. But, you know, that would have been better than having just the bland Alive tracks. And I would have thought it would have been easy just to go with that. But, you know, those are great some suggestions. I never would have thought about uh, the Phantom version of Beth. That would have been a great inclusion. Why don't we move on to disc three? One, one more real quick would have been Got Love for Sale that Gene has talked about that Eddie Van Halen and Alex Van Halen recorded. And Gene has mentioned this numerous times, and so I thought it was going to be on the, the Love Gun Deluxe, and it's not. It's so, not, and and they're still having problems with apparently with the uh, Van Halen brothers on the rights for that, which is a real shame for what Gene did for their career. I'm sure they could throw Gene a bone, especially if Eddie didn't want to join the band in 82. Come on, Eddie. Just, uh, or pardon me, Edward. Let 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 Gene make. Well, how many copies is he going to sell? You know, one hundred and forty thousand is what the box sold. You know, and one small song. It would be great to hear all those versions of the three songs that the Van Halen brothers helped out with, um, helped Gene demo. Now we get into disc three, which is probably for me. It's one I hate the most on this box set because it's predominantly just the greatest hits of stuff off the released albums. You get three songs on here, Gene Simmons' Radioactive uh, demo, the You're All That I Want demo, and the live version of Talk To Me, and everything else is just generic. And it goes, as I think, Ken, you said, 1976 to 82, so that's a pretty vast era. Ken, let's start with you. Disc 3, what do you think? Well... Was glaring for me off of Alive Two on that disc is is the God of, uh, God of Thunder uh, should have been on there uh, if they're gonna use a God of Thunder. I mean they have the original one on the prior disc, uh, Paul Stanley's version, but uh, yeah they should have had that one. That was that was missing there. Um, and you know they start off with Destroyer uh, at the beginning, which is good, but they should have, that should have been on the prior disc, of course. <laughs> um, it's a little bit out of sequence. Uh, um, Rocket Ride, Larger Than Life, that's cool um, from the studio side of Life Two. And then they they pick one song from each of the uh, solo albums, which I think is all the singles. Except for uh, Paul's. No, it wasn't, except tonight, yeah, tonight, Belong For Me wasn't the original single, uh, which probably should have been the single, in my opinion, uh, from Paul's album. But they had all that. Um, and then Eyes Made For Love You. Now, that should have been the uh, the long version, the the 12-inch version, vinyl version. I, I, I have that somewhere still, So, uh, which is a little bit longer. I think it was on Chikara. That's right, uh, yeah. Right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, so... Um, they should have had that. Um, also, um, I would have liked to have seen the other one, um, uh, Peter Chris's song from Dynasty. Oh, the, um, the disco version of uh, Dirty Living, it's like six minutes long. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, I agree. I totally agree with you on that. Yeah. I mean, that's an underrated song, in my opinion, um, for, for them. Um, and then Shandy, that's all, that's cool. Um, 
uh, you're all that I want. Uh, that's that's very cool because that's I think better than the uh, the studio version of that song. Uh, so that that was a very good song from uh, Unmasked, uh, or the demo version of from Unmasked. Um, Talk to me live. Uh, I, I could have taken or leave, you know, leave that kind of stuff. But uh, I would have liked all of the songs from Killers on here. Um, actually, I mean that's something they didn't do. They did, you know, Nowhere to Run. Uh, is that the only one they did? That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So they should have done the other three. Um, I, you know, they, they missed out on, on some things here that they should have put in. Um, so for the most part, it's pretty good. You get, what, one, two Elder songs. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, based on its its popularity. Which were the least. two, they were the two singles released. So the, yeah. they, they absolutely didn't go dangerous in any sense on any of the material on this, on this third disc. Joel, yeah. what do you kind of think on these? Are there are they winners? Or are they losers? This three is probably on my least favorite, and not only that, but I was like today I was listening to the box set earlier today, and it was funny because I counted starting at disc three. I think there's a total of five or six demos between starting at disc three to the, the final disc. Yep. It's not a whole lot, so the band really kind of put a lot of emphasis on the first couple of discs, and then when it came to the later material that really kind of pulled the reins on showing that, that type of material. But, um, I know you get radioactive demo and then you get the live version of talk to me, which is fine. But I would have, I agree totally that the, the four songs from killers should have been included because it's funny because that wasn't even released in the States other than import. And so a lot of fans, most likely didn't hear those songs um, unless they got Killers, which is funny because I always saw Killers when I was a kid in the store, but even though it was an airport, which was funny. Um, but, you know, so there's that. And then the other thing, um, you know, you've got the Oath on there. Wasn't there a possibility with a, a, a mixed version from Friday's TV show? You know, something like that. You know, uh, those it's those type of things. And it's kind of funny because Detroit Rock City – goes into the live version of King of the Nighttime World. Yeah, and it's the it's the butchered <laughs> it's edit of Detroit Rock City. It's a horrible edit version. So yes, into terrible. the into the live version of King of the Nighttime World. So you know, horrible sequencing and that that kind of sense of things. Alex. You know, uh just these I, I was thinking the same for one the fourth fourth one from Killer should have been on the box set just because it wasn't really released in America. So that's right there. Um I love, you know, the live version of King of the Nighttime World and Detroit Rock City. Put it back on disc two. Disc one should have totally had a one-two punch, though. Uh, and I would have taken Houston Summit, or I think even Largo 77, and start with I Stole Your Love and Ladies Room. You know, one-two, boom, boom, right there. Um, that would have been amazing as, as a starting for disc, disc three. And then I would, have, I would have thrown on a live version of Fool again. Um, you know, and maybe even um, I want to say "Take Me" was one of the the songs that was supposed to be on uh, the Alive Two. Um, you know, the, the, that Smith print, if you will, where they had like "Pull Again," "Take Me," and one more song. I would have tossed those three tracks onto onto the screen uh, alone, right there. Um, Alive. Uh, there's apparently there's a 
great demo version of Rocket Ride. Uh, it's really, I want to, if you could have had that thrown that on, that, that would have been way cool. I love the radioactive bomb demo. I thought that was, uh, that was pretty sweet. Um, you know, was there any demos from the other solo albums? Uh, that would have been cool. Again, um, I was made for loving you and Dirty Eleven, the 12 inch version. So at least for Dirty Eleven, even just the demo too, because the demo of Dirty Eleven is, is pretty sweet. Um, you're all at a once. Uh, the demo was awesome. Um, I would have liked, uh, maybe a live version of Is That You um, as like a song from Unmap. And then I think I would have liked for them um, to have thrown on that edit version of I where it says Guts instead of All. Yeah, the Guts edit. That would have been cool to have. You Just know. to have like that version out there, you know, because it's, you know, unless you've got like the recording from like the television things, you know, that's the only way you get it. So I would have, I would have done that. I would have thrown that out there. And then, because uh, we do start with creatures or end with creatures on this set, uh, we'll just throw it out there. Gene Paul, if you're listening, pull your heads out, please, pull your heads out, and let's get that original version of It's My Life with Harold Trump. Oh, so you would take It's My Life before Back on the Streets with Paul saying? Oh, I, I do want Back on the Streets. <laughs> <laughs> you can only have one. Vinny, uh, oh, please. <laughs> please let it happen. I'll take Back on the Streets over to It's My Life. Yeah, I, I think in, in terms of the box set, what really boggles my head on this disc is the lack of deadly weapons. Uh, you know, that's the apparently one of the first songs Eric ever recorded with the band. Mm-hmm. Um, so why you wouldn't have something as important as that, or the demo of Nowhere to Run, which is in the same batch of songs as deadly weapons. So either one of those, I'd love the idea of the four killers tracks. Obviously, that's finally been released in America digitally. Um, and if you bought the whole Kisteria box set, you got the exclusive Kiss Killers LP. But, I mean, CDs, still nothing, even though the Polygram special imports were all over the place, at like a plague in the 80s. I remember Kiss Killers was everywhere. So, I mean, it's almost been, it's even counted in SoundScan. So at this point, it's already, uh, you know, been released in America, technically. Um I, I think for if I have to pick one song on this disc that really stands out, it's uh, "You're All That I Want," and I hate it. I, I, I really have no attachment to that song whatsoever. However, it's great to hear an early demo of the song, uh, a really unusual kind of piece. So happy from that perspective. Don't like the what it actually is, but it's cool to hear Paul, you know, and Gene working in a studio on tour, you know, whatever. Did I have? Can I ask Julian, uh, when was it recorded? Because I saw somebody say it was like 1977, though. But. Yeah, that's that's what I'm yeah. under the impression from the from the book, and obviously the book is not entirely accurate, but uh, you know why not? You know, years ago, from you know before 1980 when they actually recorded it. So 77, yeah. it certainly fits in with all of Gene's sort of um, "I want to be Bob Dylan" meets the Beatles. All right, let's move on to disc four. And now we're really getting condensed because this one's gone 76 to 82. Disc four goes 83 to 89. And that's packing quite a bit of the band's history. And, uh, I'm just going to throw it out there. Disc four is the Paul Stanley solo album number two. Is there any is there any Gene song? Oh, yeah, Hell or High Water. There's right. one Gene and one Eric, and the rest are all Paul. Yeah. Yep. This is the I'm more important than your disc. Um, Joel, what are your takes on, on disc four? You know, it's it's pretty much an expanded 
like it's been said, a Paul Stanley greatest hits, of course. I mean, time travelers on there, but sort of stone, sword and stone would have been kind of cool to hear that. Um, you know, those things, but not only that, but this was probably a good opportunity to showcase a live, something live from the hot in the shade tour or something with Eric Carr. Yeah, totally. Um, you know, to me, and not only that, but the rockology that was done, those songs that Eric, uh, Bruce Kulick put on there with Eric Carr are far better than, what is it, Ain't, Ain't That Particular? Um, I think those songs are very good. Um, and so, unfortunately, you know, you get this track. Um, I'm not knocking the track, but, you know, those other ones are so much better. Um, and then, you know, not only that, but uh, you could have pulled different things from like the 83 or 84 tours, even Asylum. To me, throw throw us a bone, throw us a live track from that era, you know, whatever the songs are. Even though those songs are played super fast during that time period, you know, it would have been really good uh, to showcase a lot of those songs. And not only that, but why is Silver Spoon on here? <laughs> yeah. I mean, no offense, but I'm like, why, why is that on there? Because I remember buying the cassette single to rise to it. And didn't it say something like a full power guitar mix or something like that? So it was a slightly different mix. And it's not a it's not a different mix at all. That's the problem with it. Yeah, that's funny. I, it's just I remember getting the cassette single when I was a kid, and I was just like, okay, this is different, and it sounded completely the same. But um, I know Hot in the Shade is pretty much a demo album anyway. But um, it's just kind of interesting, you know, that it's pretty much just an expanded greatest hits. Yeah, it, it's definitely the most disappointing disc on the album. Um, ain't that peculiar? I just want to know, did they get sued for that, or did they license it from uh, The Temptations, I think it was? Um, because that, that th- those lyrics were totally... They, they, they weren't written by... It's Marvin Gaye, isn't it? Um, yeah, I, I, yeah, I, so. yeah, I think so. As yeah. a friend, his family had to come out with them. You had seen what they did with Pharrell uh, and, and Robin Thicke. Oh yeah. Well, as as I, I I'll leave it at you saying it, Alex, in case they do. Um, you know, but in the '80s they had had "Heavens on Fire." The live version was a B-side to the "Tears Are Falling" single in Europe, and it was on here and Aid in the states. So, you know, why isn't that on there instead of the studio version? Silver Spoon. I totally agree. What on earth were they thinking? I mean, they could have filled this disc up with all of the versions of the "Let's Put the X in Sex." The seven-minute version, the five-minute version, the four-minute version, the six-minute version with the dogs barking. Um, yeah, I mean, wouldn't Kiss fans have loved to have four versions of that? You know, I would have. I would have at least taken at least. Let's put the X and sex. I, I would would have taken a live version for Paul Stanley and Solo Tour and just said, "Hey, the live version from the Solo Tour." You know, that would have been better. What about Time Traveler? You like that? Not too bad. Oh, but I get, like um like Joel right uh, mentioned Sword and Stone. I don't know why that was missing. The one I would have liked. It's not a full Paul song, but I, I would have taken the song Shocker too. Um, if they would have yeah. But the one song, at least for the Gene, sorry to cut into, um, that I thought I was surprised was missing because they played it all through the '80s tour with Fits Like a Glove. And, and what a killer live version that would have been. And uh, and then because, you know, I mean, we look back with Eric Carr with this fondness, I would have loved to have had a live better mix than the Detroit show of him doing Young and Wasted Life. Um, 
that would have been a cool thing to have on there. Um, and I guess it, I guess surprised that there's not enough maybe live stuff that they could have done with this. A crazy night's life sounds a little bit better than the actual track. I have never heard the demos, but you know it sounds a bit more meatier, if you will. And I think Paul even discusses crazy nights and and the booklet is saying that the demos were stronger than the actual track itself. So I would have liked to see some more live stuff there. Ken, thoughts? Well, <laughs> <laughs> your face says it all. Stuff, I tell you, um, look it up. First of all, they got to look it up and all hell's breaking loose. Um, it's glaring omission for me is, is not for the innocent. That should be on there, or even the demo version of that. With Paul and Gene? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I forgot to mention that. I had that in my notes. That's, yeah. That's... So that that's a glaring omission. I mean, I mean, this is two songs from Look It Up. Come on, that was a pretty solid album as far as I'm concerned. Um, and then Heaven's on Fire. Okay, um, get all you can take. It's in the night. Um, I'm okay with that. Uh, Asylum, you got only two. There's more than that. And I think there's at least two Gene songs on there that I could have thrown in um, from that. All right. Um, and then Time Traveler, that's cool. Hearing some of these uh, other songs that uh, we've hadn't heard before uh, was pretty cool. Uh, Crazy Nights, um, Hell or High Water. Crazy Nights, uh, Reason to Live. Uh, it's not my best or my favorite album uh, of theirs, but, you know, I, those fit. Reason to Live, I like that a lot. Um, let's put the X and Sex. I, I, you know what? I just could have gone without that one for me. Um, it just it just doesn't, it doesn't do anything for I, me. I never want to hear it again. Uh, uh, Hot in the Shade. Um, yeah. Um, Silver Spoon, I don't know why that's on there either um behind your heart and uh i know there's a couple other good songs on there besides that so uh forever of course was a was a big hit and that's a good song um so i have no problem with that but yeah uh, it's we're kind of light on demos here and and missed some key songs i think um in that period of time yeah, I, I I think they have the you know even if you take a couple of these other songs and just switch them to demo versions, crazy crazy nights. Paul has said a lot about that song in interviews about how the demo sounded better, how the choruses were thicker and fuller and all that. Okay, that would have been a great one because throw it on instead of the studio version. Um, the other one, hide your heart. Obviously, that was demoed in '87 as well, and like so many of Paul's songs. The demo sounds pretty much the same as the studio version. Well, in this case, because most likely the demo became the studio version. Um, you know, but why not just throw that on? Here's the 1987 original untouched one. And boom, two songs. Which would make it a lot more interesting than the two tracks that you, uh, you know, do end up getting on this. And I gotta throw, I mean, I know Gene wasn't writing the best of songs at the time, but, I mean, Trial by Fire... Um, Asylum should have been on there, especially over Hell or High Water. That's, if there's a track off Crazy Nights I, I don't even listen to often, it's Hell or High Water, so I would think it's just Trial by Fire. I mean, something that was popular at the time. Yeah, Gene was giving all his best songs to Black and Blue at this time. <laughs> Alright, let's move on to disc five. I have to flip because I don't remember these songs off the top of my head. 
Oh, my website's frozen. Awesome. Well, I could, I could, I could read it off. We start with God gave rock and roll to you, too. Yeah, we get um, Eric on the back. Um, and then we have just uh, on this one, we just have the demo for Domino. Uh, we do have Childhood then with Dakota um, at the end of it. And then, oh, we do have God the Choose, which is only on the LP version of Unplugged at the time. Um, but then we do get that wonderful, wonderful, uh, sweet, sweet, the greatest track ever to into any movie, Nothing to Keep Me From You. Um, mm -hmm. It's my life from the Psycho Circus lineup. And then, of course, Rock, uh, shout it out loud for Greatest Kiss, the live version. And then we get to finish with the great live, completely, and I, it couldn't have been touched up at all, Rock and Roll All Night with the great audience from the, was supposed to be a live for. Which just happens to be the exact version that had been released on Live in Las Vegas. Hmm, amazing that. So it it again it gets into the zone of disappointment a little bit on on all the stuff that could have been. I think Childhood's End with Outramental Dakota tacked back on. It's kind of cool. Joel, what are your thoughts on this one? Um, it's hit and miss for me personally. Uh, God gave you rock and roll to you. I actually prefer the Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey soundtrack version of it. it. I think it's a cleaner mix. It doesn't sound as muddy. And um, so when I ever put that song on my iPod or a playlist, I always put that version. Um, I really like that. That you know, now we get lucky with Domino as a demo, so we get lucky with that one. But again, we we get four tracks off unplugged. For now, got to choose is cool because again, that wasn't. You know, I think that was just on the LP, but this was another example to me where the band just kind of like, there's some question marks. Um, for me, they did, Paul and Gene did some radio and TV appearances doing um, Going Blind of just those two guys. I think that would have been beautiful um, to put that on there. Um, there was a lot of, um, I think, demos as far as like uh, Something Wicked Comes This Way, I believe. You know, something like that. And then also, um, what about the, the Hard Walk Woman with Garth Brooks on Jay Leno? I mean, that would have been a great opportunity to hear that. Um, I personally liked, liked Garth when he did it. I think that's probably the best track on that, that album, that particular album. But um, also, I remember reading in Metal Edge magazine um, about all these leftover tracks they had for Live 3. Why can't we ever get a good recording of Tears Are Falling from the Live 3 period? That would have been great to hear for me personally. I would have loved that. Um, and then um, um, Arsenio yeah. Hall. Oh, did, yeah. That band sounded dynamite. And so I actually posted that on the KISS FAQ about that. That should have been included in the, the uh, KISSology series. They sound dynamite. I mean, that era and that lineup, to me, can't be touched. I mean, it's just stellar. Um, and then some of the the Psycho Circus stuff, I would have rather heard, you know, the demos or whatever. But, you know, I pledge allegiance to the state and within, I could I, I could do without it. The highlight for me on this disc is it's, it's my life, which should have been on Psycho Circus. It should have been the first single, and it would have been a hit. I guarantee that would have been a hit, and that would have really helped that tour. And it would have helped Psycho Circus. I guarantee Psycho Circus would have went platinum if that was on that released as the first single. Ken, what do you think? Well, first of all, 
Nothing can keep me from you. Nothing Please. can keep me from puking on you. I hate that song. What the heck? Who, th- who thought to put that? I'll let somebody there? else use that. It's like, <laughs> come on. They're just trying to make it sell more copies, I guess, of that. I, I, I don't know. It doesn't make sense to me. Um, so we got your revenge songs. Those are cool. Um, the, dem- the demo of Domino. Um, Unplugged. I, I still would have put, uh, yeah, Going Blind. Going Blind Unplugged is better than from Hotter Than Hell, the studio version, in my opinion. Um, um, and then you have uh, Sure, Carnival Souls. You're not going to do much there. Um, I, I'm okay with what they put on that. Now, Psycho Circus, I think I would have traded it out within, and in my opinion, I would have put the Journey of a Thousand Years, which I think is a better song. Uh, I think it's a better song. Uh, Pledge of Allegiance to Rock and Roll, that's okay. Uh, uh, yeah, but it, it's my life. I agree with Joel. It's my life. Should have been on Psycho Circus. It actually should have been on Creatures of the Night. Um, I would have rather had that original version if there exists an original clean version of It's My Life from the Creatures of the Night sessions uh, man that to me it's still a holy grail one of the holy grails for me if there's a nice clean version of it back then Um, because it's kind of it got a little watered down in my opinion. And, and then with the training off of the, of the little extra vocals, uh, Ace on there, I think um, I would have rather not had that, um, but it's still a great song and you can't, you know. Yeah, it's a great song right. and kiss. If by chance, one of your minions are listening to this, it's never too early to prepare for record store day, 2016. How about it's my life backside deadly weapons. There you go. There you go. All right, Ken, finish up your thought on this. I interrupted you. Uh, so, yeah, Disc 5 is probably the, the least, you know, like we said, it, it started off with a bang on Disc 1, and, and it, it kind of slowly trails off as it goes th- through each uh, set. And that's not to disregard the, uh, the the quality of music at the time. It's just the, the choosing of what they decided to put on here, on these discs. They kind of got tired, and, yeah, we've done enough now. Let's just throw this or that on there, you know, so. Alex. I mean, that, one thing, I'm really sorry, but I forgot one thing. Um, do you want to touch me now? Um, there was a snippet that Bruce Kulick played for somebody. Three sides of the coin. It sounded great. sounded cool. I don't care if there's not a vocal yeah. track on it. I want to hear it. And not only that, but like in Metal Edge and Circus, they talked about that all the time. And that should have been the first thing I mentioned is that song. So, sorry. Oh, no, I was was actually, I was going to mention that one. Um, Big omission from at least with that song. Um, Unplugged, I love the Unplugged track, but I agree. There's that great, I think it was MTV in Europe where they did Paul and Gene doing Going Blind. And that really would have been KK Austin that had on there. Um the Psycho Circus tracks, you know, um, I know it's wrong, I, I, I like like Within and stuff, but I would have liked the first, you know, even some of those tracks that, that the outtakes, if you want to call them, from the Psycho Circus album, I was surprised, I, I, I you know, I get the whole reason with Japanese imports and all bonus tracks, but for the box set, even though I'm not the biggest fan of it, In Your Face should have been on the box set though, just so it made, made it available for the, you know, the regular people who might not have been able to get the Japanese import or get the TV single um, from it. 
uh, it's my life. I, I, I kill a track. I love it, love it, love it. And uh, hey, Tommy, uh, Eric Singer, if you guys are listening to this, watching it, uh, like like Julian mentioned about Record Store Day, I also want to throw this out there. Um, ain't nothing wrong with you guys practicing that song for the Kiss Cruise. That would be a killer song to <laughs> yeah. be done on a, on a Kiss Cruise. Um, talk about making all the kids crap, all the people on the ship crap their pants. I, I would crap my pants if I was on a kids cruise and they put out it's my life. Um, I think um, maybe um, if there was any other demos from like the Carnival Souls, there would have been kind of cool to talk on there. And um, oh, and then you know, like we mentioned before, like taking Detroit Rock City at least off this three, they should have had that '98 version on there on this five. Uh, they wanted to use for the um, Detroit Rock City movie. Uh, just to have on there with the uh, last recording, if you will, with the original one. Yeah, you know, the last full mm-hmm. band recording, and it, it does circulate out there. It's uh, a really horribly uh, messed up version. It's not actually the full one that does exist for what they recorded in the studio. It's been, uh, the channels have been messed up and it's been edited, um, so you don't get the full thing, but that would have been a great one to include on it. But I, I want to say, I Still Love You maybe an epic performance from Unplugged by Paul, but since they were having problems with Vinny suing them at the time, I'm really surprised that was on there, and not every time I look at you from MTV, and I, uh, you know, I, I flip between these two as being some of the best Paul vocals ever, um, I would have put every time I look at you on there, you know, it's cool they did got to choose, Un- Unholy and Domino, it, I don't know about Unholy, you know, again, the demo would probably have been a better choice. Um, but whatever. The stuff from Carnival of Souls for me, I guess it's all throwaway at this point, so none of that really matters. Um, in your face, agree, totally. That should have been on here. And I think they probably could have gotten rid of I Pledge Allegiance and put the Raise Your Glasses, like Collector's Mix or one of those those stupid things, and not have to change anything. I hate the 98 version of It's My Life. It's just wrong, wrong, wrong. Agree with the comment that it should have been the 82 version, and hopefully one day they will get to it. The 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 so-called Alive 4 version of Rock and Roll All Night, I guess we always knew that that song was going to be on this box set and was going to be the last one, but, you know, maybe Detroit Rock City 98 would have been better. So let, let's... Let's just talk about some of the, the the other kind of questions. You know, what would be if you have to pick one missing item as being your major? It's missing. What's that going to be, Alex? Um, <laughs> on the spot. Only one. Uh, only one. Whew. You know, I'm going to just have to go with it. Back on the streets, Paul Stanley vocal. If it exists, that should be out there right now. Ken. Uh, I think I already mentioned it. I think uh, for me, uh, not for the innocent. Yeah, yeah, that didn't start circulating for a few years after the box, I think. But that is absolutely awesome. We go on YouTube and and track that one down because Paul and Gene trading off vocals, the aggression uh, of that song, fantastic. Joel, what's your one thing on that you really think's missing? Man, besides the revenge demo, I gotta say the Detroit Rock City '98. The last time the, these guys actually went into a studio to record a track, um, that to me would have been end it with that rather than Detroit or 
rather than rock and roll night, a live four version of it. I mean, to me, end it like that. Because at this time, I kind of thought the band was done, honestly. And so I thought that what better way than to have a track from all four original guys. Um, and But the band's still going, which is great. But to me, put that out on something. I got, I got to throw this too. You mentioned that. And, and um, if you guys haven't heard, uh, Three Sides of the Coin did a great interview with um, the guy who worked with Detroit Rock City, the movie. Um, and he mentioned about them having a good time. What a cool, killer way to they put that Detroit Rock City in 98. And then even if it was like 10 minutes after, having just a quick snippet of just the original lineup laughing in the studio as it finished up, you know, to kind of end it on a good note. That would have been awesome. Yeah, and you could all you could always fake it from that New York uh, groove blockbuster promo CD when they're goofing off in the studio, laughing and chuckling. You could always have taken the laughs from there. You know, that's that's a little bit earlier on. All right, so let's. What is your pick one? What is your mind blowing item that was included on the box set? Um, and and this will just be you know word association. Joel, what's that one thing that you're like, wow, it was on there? Probably the God of Thunder demo. Be honest with you that Paul Stanley did um, just the way it started as a song. And then again, that would have been great to hear the original version afterwards. Um, but uh, for me, it's probably that with the exception of the, the first CD with all the, the demos and, you know, that's where a lot of the core stuff that I wanted to hear was on. Ken, what would be yours? Oh, uh, I agree with Joel um, on that, and uh, also I think Acrobat, because we've heard a lot about that uh, before that time. I never heard, <laughs> I never even heard it. Um, so that was a, a, a big thing for me. It's my life. I thought it was going to be the big thing until it, it was a newer version and not the original, older uh, version. But uh, I, I would say Acrobat. Alex? How's to go? Um Stop, look to listen to Paul Stanley demo of Paul being super young. Uh, the quality that it's in, that was kind of like, it was really cool. Because mind you, I, I got this when I was like 14, and I at least one <laughs> single version I got. And then when I got the original, the actual box set. But, you know, I think Paul was like 14, 15 when he did Stop, look to listen. So that at least for myself, to go like, whoa, this is Paul Stanley. Like, my age, awesome. So that was it for me. Yeah, I, I think I disagree with the dating on that. I think that's 1970, so he'd be 17, 18. Uh, but he was there and I wasn't, so we'll have to go by his word. For me, Don't You Hesitate was the mind-blowing one. I would have said the bell sound demos because those are just so freaking cool. But Don't You Hesitate, I was like, wow, I've never even heard mention of this song. Um, very cool. So we know that they have a lot left to uh, to do another box, but you know what? That's another episode to kind of talk about what we'd like them to put out. Uh, we've mentioned a few things today. So why don't we wrap it up? Um, just a general thumbs up, thumbs down. Alex, is the box app acceptable? I got to give, you know, when you look back, compared, you know, some other bands, my parents like like Chicago and the Chicago box, that, except uh, they finally did release the album, but it had like three songs from this album that they showed for like 20 years called Stone of Sisyphus. Other than that, it was just a big expanded fast up. So, at least Kiss went out and put demos. So I give it two thumbs up. Again, though, if they were to go do a box set, I'd say just take a look at Jimi Hendrix West Coast Seattle Boy Anthology box set and look at that format and go from there. Joel, 
I like it. I don't know if it's necessarily essential, to be honest with you, just because of all the things we talked about today that were left off. Um, real quick, this little thing Cheap trick. is awesome. Cheap trick. Um, I mean, and that and probably my favorite one is Alice Cooper. Which one's that? Crimes? This is a Life and Crimes of Alice yep. Cooper. And to me, these ones are dynamite. And uh, not to not kiss their box set, but to me, it, it could have been better. Ken? Well, when I first got it, it was a thumbs up. Now, years later, it's kind of like I'm right here. Okay. Uh, it was a good effort. The book was great having that in there. That was really uh, kind of the extra thing it needed, I think, at the time. Um, but I think they're, if they're going to do it, they got to do it. Again, a bigger set, and I would put not only music CDs, but I would put DVD. Maybe cover some live shows of those different periods of time. Uh, include music and video, and a bigger and a bigger book. Um, and I think that would be great. Yeah, I think if they're going to have the balls to sell a Kisteria box set, which basically has very little unreleased material for, what is it, close to $2,000, or the singles box set, which came with a pretty high premium, or a $4,000 book, they can certainly put a 10-CD box set out knowing that it's not going to sell a billion copies. I mean, they got to be real. they got to be realistic that they're just sitting on this material. It's doing nothing. Um the 2001 box set, I'm going to give it a thumb up, a thumbs up still, just because it's got some really cool stuff on there. And that is the bell sound and Don't You Hesitate, which I didn't, hadn't heard of, didn't know about. So that still wins for me, but there's just so much filler. Um, so let's wrap it up. You know, that is the box set. Every single fan out there is going to have, uh, well, I want this on it or I want that. You know, it, it's a very individual thing about what is on there. But I think every fan can probably agree there's too much studio material on Kiss's box set, but there's some really cool unreleased stuff that they did manage to include. You know, So come on the Kiss FAQ message board, discuss this episode. You know, Let us know what are the songs that you think should have been on there um, or the ones that you really were surprised to have on the box set because you know we want to hear from you. So Alex, Ken... And you guy, Joel, I hope you'll be back Thanks. again because it's been great having a new face on the show. Thank you for having me. And thank both of you for returning. Thank and uh, thank, you. thank you everyone out there for listening. And we'll catch you again soon. See ya. Bye. And-